Welcome to the Splinters Podcast from the team on the bench. Community Radio's leading no-holds-barred Friday night sports show. Available online and replayed on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, here's your host, the Raging Bull, Anthony Caruso. Good evening and welcome to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download on podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, TuneIn, Spotify and all good podcast sites. Anthony Little Caruso back with you for another edition of Football Previews and this week it'll be the W League we are previewing tonight. Fresh off the back of a new enterprise agreement, the women's game continues to grow knots, and despite the game in Europe now allowing the best female players to earn a full-time salary, opportunities still exist for players to develop their skills in Australia and continue what has been a golden period for Australian women's football and the Matildas. Of course, we can't do this alone, so we need the very best with us to go through these squads tonight. First off, when she isn't taking polls for University's Women's Cricket Club, she's donning the black or sometimes yellow, of the referee's gear and keeping the whistle at the ready. From the Football New South Wales Referees Association, please welcome back the pocket rocket herself, Zoe Benjamin. Thanks, Anthony. Hello, everyone listening. And, um, yeah, good to be back as usual. Always always love a good preview. And uh, you're gearing up once again for the uh, for, for refereeing next year for the youth NPL, in particular for the, uh, for the, for the men's and the women's. The, the competition continues to grow, and we're seeing very much a place where MPL has become a, fe- a big-time feeder for the W League. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've been in pre-season for, for a couple weeks now. Um, not much of a break between um, off-season and pre-season. Um, but, yeah, no, women's MPL, there's, there's been a, a massive signings this season as well um, with clubs looking to that competition, which is – just growing in lengths um, for for young talent coming through. Um, so it'll be a really, really interesting year. Now, Zoe, you've got a bit of a challenge on your hand tonight because just when you thought it couldn't be insane enough that you have one goalkeeper in the ranks, well, blow me down, there's two of us here tonight. The star <laughs> goalkeeper in her own right, the self-appointed queen of kissing point herself, Georgia Lomas Futterin, good evening to you. Good evening, guys, and thank you for having me back. And hello to everyone listening as well. The yeah, it's it, it's a rare sight uh, in its own right. Whenever you have a show involving a goalkeeper, but to have two of them on the show, um, it, it's it's a scary thought for everyone else around, isn't it? It is. It is because it gets very competitive about who's better at goalkeeping. Yeah. Um, because I know I've definitely had that over the years. You know, the uh, the banter between goalkeepers saying, you know, I've had this many saves, but I've had this many. Uh, but you know we'll, we'll keep it clean. We'll we'll keep it clean. We'll keep it safer because I don't want to get another red card from a ref. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we're both because the other thing that of course goalkeepers have got is a re- obviously a reputation for woeful chat. Something that Zoe's quite qualified in, as ensuring stays off the field. So <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's a that's Zoe looking at us just going, yeah, you two backing your goals. I'll be trot. <laughs> this season is going to be one like no other. With COVID-19 putting major restriction on player movements and the big European clubs now launching themselves to the best talent from down under, the FFA clubs will have to dig deep to find their players. They've done pretty well, and this will be an exciting season ahead for the W League, not only in terms of who they're going to be picking up in terms of players coming back, but who are those players that are going to be coming up from WNPL into the W League in and Zoe, this is the big thing as well. Replacing a lot of those international players that be splitting their times between the northern and southern hemisphere competitions. Yeah, absolutely. We've seen, uh, unfortunately, a lot of players have to return back to the likes of America and and, and European countries um, this season. But also, as you said, a wealth of our homegrown talent um, coming back um, and and rejoining our local competition. So it, it's a big shake-up, and there's there's a lot of key signings for us to go through tonight. Well, with that, the referee is set. Kick-off is upon us. Let the games begin. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is Splinters. And we're going to kick things off tonight with uh, team number one in alphabetical order. It is Adelaide United, managed by Adrian Stenter. Last year, they finished eighth of the nine of the nine teams, and... 
not much really to be said over the years, Zoe, about Adelaide United. Um, they've relied a lot on their American imports to come to come in over the years. And this year it's going to be a bit of a challenge, especially when you consider the likes of some of the fringe American um, Team USA players, like of Julia Ashley, Amber Brooks, and Mallory Webber not returning this year. Yeah, absolutely. It leaves them with a little bit of a dent um, in their in their lineup, and they have they have signed a few players, but um, uh, like uh, a lot of youth players rather than experience, um, which you know uh, puts puts a lot of pressure on you know captain and and vice captain um, to kind of lead that side around. Um, it'll it'll be a tough season ahead for them. Uh, in my mind, Georgia, one of the players that um, Adelaide United have picked up from um, from NPL, has gone in sort of a roundabout way. Kiara Fowler, of course, one of the shining stars of what was a very much a weak Bankstown City line squad from a couple of years ago. Her sister, her, and her sister Mary, went down to Melbourne, and Kiara has now found herself at Adelaide United. It's a big move from a girl who only two years ago was playing for Bankstown City. Yeah, I mean, look, you have to take those those uh, risks very early on in your career as well. But, hey, let's hope it pays off for her. Because, I mean, if we look at the squad, we don't see many, if any, national uh, and international representatives at all for the club. So let's hope that they can, you know, lift their game a little bit and not come second last. And one interesting one here, Zoe, uh, Sian Fryer-McLaren. Um, she took a hiatus from the W League uh, but she's come back this year. Will she make much of an impact for this squad, or do you think it's probably a bridge too far for Adelaide United? Um, I think it's a lot of pressure on someone who's had time out of the game, but um, I, I definitely like to think that she would come in and have an impact, um, and I think she's going to probably need to a little bit as well, especially with um, one of their other transfers, um, Annalie Grove from... Canberra United, um, just those two coming in um, and and kind of bringing a bit of a, a fresh impact for Adelaide could could do them well. well. What's the prediction here? I've got them battling to avoid the wooden spoon. I think they might just avoid it, but it's going to be the same as last year for them. I think with some of the experience that they've lost with some of their American American imports, um, yeah, they they've got a tough road ahead of them. Georgia. Completely agree. Look, they may be battling to stay off the bottom, but it could very well be last position for Adelaide this year. Let's go. Let's go off to Brisbane Raw, managed by Jake Goodship and Zoe. Starting off with yourself, this is a team that you know had clean out galore, and even some, even one of the names um, who's been announced very even in the last couple of in the last twenty four hours actually re-signing with Brisbane Raw, but it could have been a hell of a lot worse for them if she didn't re-sign. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've lost quite a few players um, over to Perth this year, which is quite interesting. They had a a trio go over there, um, and obviously they've lost a wealth of talent um, overseas, um, likewise to many other clubs. I think that'll be a theme of tonight, us um, going through all the players that have have returned home. but they've still got uh, a very steady lineup here and, and um, some big experienced players as well. Um, they welcome the like of um, Emily Ginelik. Uh, uh, um, and yeah, I just, I just think that they've still got a strong lineup, even with some of the, the women that have stepped away this year. And Georgia Claire Polkinghorne, how important is it that they've managed to retain her, for her this year? Oh, she's a crucial player in the team, as is Tamika Yollop as well. Uh, those those big name players, especially also Katrina Gori, they are big names and they make up a majority of their team as well. Not taking away from any of the other players, but they are a bit of the the playmakers in in the Brisbane Raw squad. We talk about the impact of, of players leaving, and I mean they were lucky that they got Polkinghorne back. But um, Zoe, the the likes of Mackenzie Arnold and Haley Razo, who have both picked up opportunities to play in the English Super League. Uh, Mackenzie Arnold going to West Ham, and Haley Razo, a very good pickup for Everton this year. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, losing that experience always always hurts. Um, aside, um, especially with the form of those two players, um, you know, they're they're hard players to replace. But I think they've done a pretty good job with uh, with signing um, a, a wealth of talent um, coming through. It'll. It's just. It's. It's not. It's not like they can fill shoes. If that makes sense, like they're gonna have a different a different impact and a different style to play in this team. I've got them battling to make the, the top four, but I think they'll miss it, probably staying around fifth or sixth place. Zoe? Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, I think I think they could definitely um, fight for a top four spot, but I think, yeah, fifth or sixth sounds about right to me. Georgia? I'm thinking best-case scenario is fourth uh, for this squad because – I've been looking at a few of the Instagrams and all that kind of thing, and and they've been working hard in the off season and preparing. So I I think they could be contender for top four. Well, let's go down to the nation's capital, Canberra United, and they've um it has to be said to start off Zoe that if you want to talk about teams launching an absolute raid on the New South Wales WNPL, it is Canberra United because they have gone all out for a new squad. Yeah, absolutely, and they've um, you know looked to a team in in quite good form and uh, with a with a nice steady run of championships in our our uh, women's competition in Sydney Uni. Um, you've got you know your Kendall Fletcher, your Claire Hunt, um, Bianca Gallic, um, and and a few others there who um, could prove uh, with an interesting impact. On this side, but they've also got a wealth of um, experience coming back to this side as well. Oh boy, do they ever! Do they ever, Georgia? I mean, one name who's been around the traps a little bit, but a huge name making a comeback to Canberra. Yeah, and I mean, we have to say it, Michelle Heyman, a huge name to be picked up by the squad as well. I mean, played a bit of uh, New South Wales WMPL last season, but to be drawn back into the major competition, that's that's big, and especially for Canberra United as they've, they've secured her. It's along with that, um, Zoe, one player that shouldn't be overlooked in terms of this lineup will be Nicoletta Flannery. She's come down, she's come back to her home club after going to the Newcastle Jets, and for this lineup to have her playing alongside Michelle Heyman up front, it actually gives Canberra United a pretty potent attack. Yeah, to be honest, I think Canberra United um, is going to be definitely a side of improvement um, this season. I think could really challenge um, a few more teams. Um, having that experience up front is going to be great for them um, and their their scoring abilities. I, I the only downside I see with this with this squad at the moment is that they were made to feel the brunt from the FFA with results of the Alan the Alan Stagich affair. Um, the club is on the rebuild at the moment. Um, it's in particular, Georgia, the departure of Heather Reed, who had been a long time stalwart at Canberra United, she was made to fall on her sword following her role within the Stagich affair. Yeah, look, I mean, it is all it is all a part of uh, of football and soccer. Look, we see it all the time. But hey, let's hope the club can rebuild and and hopefully find uh, a bit of competition this year as well. Because I mean, last year they came in sixth, which which is a bit of pill to swallow, especially when you've done so well in the past as well. But hey, it's only onward and upward from there, right? One of the one other thing I noticed as well, Zoe, the number of players, the number of sort of mid-squad players who have moved on, really ones that can contribute to depth, and three of them, Olivia Price, Lena Kamas, and Emma Stanbury, heading to the Western Sydney Wanderers, while a girl you might have actually refereed in your time, Patricia Shara Lambos, has moved on to Perth Glory. Yeah, I mean, all great signings for their respected clubs, but you're right. I mean, they've they've lost those, those those players, I think the thing is though, if you look at the players that they've come, got coming through, um, and players especially that we were speaking about that have come up from our women's NPL competition, who could be surprise packages, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be too worried if I was, if I was Canberra about their transfers out versus their transfers in. I think they've done a pretty good job to balance 
um, balance out who they've got, who they've brought in, and who they've um, had to move on. So here's the here's the um, this is the the smoky in the competition, the one that no one I think is going to be um, able to pick. On the on the side of the transfers, you'd say that they would be a chance of finals. But will they do it in the first year out, or will it take them a year to every, for everything to gel before they launch an assault next year? I think they'll go close. I just don't know if they've quite got the quality to make the top four in the first year. I think they'll be sitting around fighting in that middle of the table with um, Brisbane, in all honesty, and I think those two teams could possibly fight off for a top four position. Um, so that'll be an interesting battle to to watch throughout the season. But, I mean, they've got the talent to do it. I think I think um, the key thing that you were saying is just whether they need time to gel or not. And I think because they do have so many players coming in this season that you, it, it'd be hard to expect them to um, kind of just click straight away, especially when you look at the players that they've got coming through who don't necessarily have... W League experience yet, or much W League experience yet? Of course, besides a Michelle Heyman um, and a and Nick Flannery. Georgia, your thoughts on the team? Look, I've learned from the past that Canberra can change how they perform very quickly. We have seen them uh, do it before, but I mean, you know, you could come out win the competition and everyone classes it as a fluke, and then the next year you fall down. And everyone goes, yeah, that's about right, but. You know, when when you're in the heat of the competition, and I mean, when injuries come in into play as well, who knows? But I I see them as battling out with uh, Brisbane Raw in the competition too. Let's go to the last thing before we go. Have a bit of a chat about um, other aspects for the competition this year, and it is Melbourne City, uh, coached managed by I think probably one of the stronger managers in the competition in, in Radio Vidic. Uh, they did the double last year, Zoe, but this will be the most difficult year for them because the big names that they've had on loan out to this club, because let's quite frankly, it's not hard to build a decent squad when you've got the backing of the City Football Group. Uh, they're gone. Yeah, yeah. They have signed quite a few key players. I, I've been quite impressed with some of their signings this year, but... Yeah, some of those names that they've lost, like like Seth Catley, Ellie Carpenter, who was in amazing form last season, um, Emily Van Egmond and her experience, like Kaya Simon as well. Like the the list goes on. Um, Lydia Williams. And like it's it's amazing some of the um, the talent that's unfortunately going overseas. I I think one of their key signings this season will be a Jenna. McCormack, um, who's come from Melbourne Victory, especially with the loss of um, Rebecca Stott over to Brighton, um, I think she could prove quite quite important to this Melbourne City side this season. It's it's a big Georgia. It's a massive loss uh, for them. All the players on loan from clubs in the US, and it really does show the influence of you know what money can actually do in terms of the competition to attract at the very best. This is a squad that, you know, you almost could say was a, was a Matilda, half the Matilda squad. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you look at all the names as well as we just listed, it it, it basically is half the Matilda squad, uh, which is amazing to see. But also when you look at it now with all those players gone, it's it's a little bit scary for them too. So done their recruiting. I hope they've found... Um, you know, the the skill that they require to play in the competition and to still be as competitive as last year as well because they're defending their title here. Let, let me throw one to you here, Georgia. The the one person who I think is going to get a great opportunity to show what she can do is Melissa Barbieri. Um, Lydia Williams now moving, moving on to Arsenal basically means she now has the number one goalkeeping position ahead of her. Uh, Tegan Nicker has joined from Arna Borna in, in Norway, but Barbieri now has the spotlight on her to show if she can step up to the number one keeping position. Look, Barbieri is, is a, a big name in women's football. If you look back, I mean, 
I, I remember her as playing, you know, for the Matildas and everything like that as well. So she's a fantastic player, and we know she has the skill. We know she can handle the pressure as well. Uh, but we, we don't want her age to be a factor in this, unfortunately. So as long as she can keep herself healthy, I reckon she'll she'll show everybody wrong and say, you know what, although Lydia's is not here, I can step up and take over the reins and look after the team just as well as her. Zoe, they did the double last year. They've, they've recruited fairly well, but you know, with that much of a loss of talent, I would still say they could, they'll make the top four, but I can't see how they um, compete for trophies this year. I think they've got quite a challenge ahead of them to go back to back. Well, back to back to back. Um, yes, it's true. Yeah, but um, I, I, yeah, I agree that they're still a top four side. I think um, some of the defenders that they've signed as well um, will will hold them in good stead defensively. And we saw last season that they were able to defend so well. They would get one up and that's all they would need and they would be able to shut teams out of the game. So I think that um, they can still, you know, hold their defense strong, that they're they're a good chance of beating anyone. That's an interesting point uh, there, Georgia, is how many defenders they've brought into this squad. It's like Radio Vizic has gone has gone all out to say good luck scoring against us. Yeah, but, I mean, if you have too many cooks, then, you know, the job may not get done. But, again, if someone gets injured from any other position, if if any other position gets hit with injuries, how are they going to end up setting the field? That's the bit of the concern. But I do see them as top four. Again, champions, I, I don't think so. This is going to be this is one of the big challenges that they've got with um, with the W League over the next couple of years, and it's one thing I do want to raise now before we go to the break is going to be expand is, is around expansion. The competition still has with the A League going to twelve teams next year. There are still three teams in Australia, based in Australia, not including New Zealand. There's three teams based in Australia still don't have a W League team. That being the Savage Coast Mariners, um, Western United, and the recently formed MacArthur FC. When are we going to see the competition get to a get to a stage where they're going to have to push for clubs in the A League, saying, telling them you need to have a W League team as part of your entry within the A League? It's a really interesting point, um, and I think it's a I think it's a really hard question to propose as well um, at the moment. I think. I know it sound it might sound weird, but I think the World Cup coming in 2023 could have a big impact on that as well. Um, obviously, you know, with that uh, around the corner, or well, not quite around the corner, but coming up, it, it's not. It might not be a bad thing to look at um, expanding with more teams, having more of our um, talent getting. W League experience against players who, you know, have international experience as well, um, and giving them a taste of higher competitions still locally, um, and, and and working on the development of our players coming through. I think we do a fairly good job of that, but I wonder if expansion is something that they would look at as as helping that that pathway. For, for more talent, more homegrown talent coming through. I suppose, George, on the other side, though, you've got at least one of those clubs that we've mentioned, the Central Coast Mariners, who, you know, just for their A-League squad alone running on the, the smell of an oily rag, could they even afford to run a W-League squad? Yeah, look, I think that's the other factor that we have to look at as well is money. Uh, unless there are grants and different initiatives that are brought out to encourage these clubs to bring out female um, equivalents, then, again, Central Coast, as you said, they, they may very well struggle to bring out a women's team. But, I mean, we've all seen it before when it's, it's shown in evidence that as soon as there is a major competition and young females and and kids see their stars performing they do go out and join the sports that that are shown so we've seen increasing numbers in cricket and soccer in various other competitions as well um, from these national and international um, major competitions so we may very well be seeing 
every every um, A-League team with a women's equivalent soon. And what of Canberra United? You know, once again, in a in an expansion, Canberra have missed out on a an expansion team into the A-League, although you could make a case that part of their catchment could be covered through the uh, introduction of MacArthur FC. Uh, Will we see Canberra uh, eventually enter the A-League competition, or do you think that they're going to be quite happy with just being a women's-only club? They may very well be happy as a women's-only club, but I think it is very different for a women's club to push for a men's club uh, rather than the other way around, um, because you know, with uh, with how women are still unfortunately portrayed um, and seen, it may not be uh, as welcomed as as thought first thought. Zoe, uh, I think it's I think it's really a, another really interesting question. I think there's a n- number of factors that play into it. Money would definitely still be one. Um, I think the other factor that would play into it in terms of introducing another men's side to the A-League competition would be the recent introduction of MacArthur. Um, we're yet to know exactly what impact that's going to have on the competition, and I think that you know it definitely wouldn't happen in the next year or two. I think it would be something that they would have to kind of put into a five-year or so development plan and and kind of... Uh, have in place for a while, which I'm sure is is what we saw with the likes of our MacArthur team being introduced into the A League. The last last question then will be the what we've seen in terms of developmental squads uh, happening in NPL versus for the men's versus the women's. Now, Zoe, we've seen the success of the likes of Sydney FC and the Western Sydney Wanderers within the youth with their youth academies in New South Wales NPL. But in the women's competition, it's only the Football New South Wales Institute that is currently functioning, although we do see the emerging jets with the team in women's New South Wales NPL. How likely do you think it will be that we could be seeing those daily clubs start to push for a youth academy not being run by Football New South Wales, but being run by the A-League clubs themselves and running in a similar manner to the, to the boys for their uh, development. I mean, I think that's really on the, on the, on the clubs, um, and what their preference is. Um, I think, you know, there's, there's advantages through having some of those programs run with Football New South Wales, and one of them would be funding and availability to facilities. Um, not that those clubs wouldn't have it, but especially for some of those sides that are sharing facility, facilities between their men's and their women's competitions, um, I think it becomes a little bit harder for them to, to juggle it. Not that it should, but... Um, I, yeah, I just think that it's probably a decision that individual clubs, you know, would have different preferences on, if that makes sense. And yeah, it does, absolutely. Well, with that, we're going to um, hit half-time, time to go off to have a quick drink. I don't know, what, what would your preference be, oranges or snakes? I feel like... Well, with COVID, we're not allowed to share fruit or, or lollies unless yeah, it's a true. wrap. <laughs> <laughs> So how about we crack open the favourites box? The favourites box. There we go. There we go. Nice and easy. (laughs) All right. With that, that is half time here on Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM and streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au. Available for download on podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, TuneIn, Spotify and all good podcast sites. We'll be right back. And welcome back to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download on podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, TuneIn, Spotify and all good podcast sites. Anthony Bull Caruso with Zoe Benjamin and Georgia Lomas Fitteran talking the 2020-21 W League preview. We've gone through the first four teams, had a bit of a chat about the competition, about where it's going, time to get into the remaining Five clubs. We're going to crack straight on. And Zoe, the first team that we've got up is the navy blue side of Melbourne. It is the victory managed by Jeff Hopkins. They finished second last year. And I want to say, out of all the clubs, I think this is the team that's probably improved the most 
and could be a legitimate threat for the title. I tend to agree. Um, I'm <laughs> they've signed one of uh, a player that I am very excited to to continue watching this scene, season in um, Kira Cooney Cross um, from the Western Sydney Wanderers, and I'm I'm very excited to see what she brings to this club, especially with the likes of a, a special someone uh, returning. Uh, to our W League competition this year, uh, but unfortunately not in Sky Blue. Yeah, absolutely. Georgia, you know, she's made her way back. Who is this player? She has made her way back from some team in Italy called Fiorentina. I believe we're talking about a certain Lisa Devana, who did a bit of a team hop a couple of seasons ago, if I'm not mistaken. She did. She absolutely did. Of course, she's gone to Fiorentina, who, those who remember the Serie A back in the day, of course, the home, the original home of Roberto Baggio and some Argentinian by the name of Gabriel Batistuta, two of the greatest strikers of all time. Not a bad club to go to if you're going to play in Europe, is it? Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're going to go all out, you may as well, you know, the other team may as well go home in this case because... That that club has picked up an amazing player, and I'm sure she will have a wealth of knowledge to um to learn from while she's over there too. The other one here, Zoe, that's going to be a, a fascinating pickup for them as a free agent was Melinda Barbieri into the into the victory squad. They, they've signed other players, but these three are huge for the victory. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. If you look at some of the players that they've lost, like like all our teams, there are some there are some bigger names there as well. Um, Natasha Downey is one that stands out for me. Um, but yeah, their their signings are just exciting, and I, I think that I agree with with them being genuine threats again this year. Is there a weakness in this squad? Because at this point, I can't see one. <laughs> it's it's I I I don't know. That Actually, I can there is. Actually, I think there is. I think they're a bit short in defence. They've only got, as known defenders, Angie, uh, Angie Beard, Claudia Bunge, um, Kayla Morrison and Natalie Tatham. If that one of them goes down, they're going to be struggling for defend, defenders. Yeah, no, that's actually a good point. If, I think you're right. If, if injury plays a factor in their defensive line, um, depth could be a little bit of an issue there for them, for sure. But if all goes well for them, Oh boy, a team to really look out for this season. I'm calling them as competition favourites this year. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be battling for for top top three, top four easily, probably fighting off for first position. Georgia, I would have to agree, but I mean they've got more goalkeepers than this podcast. They've got double that, so I mean I think they're in very good hands and and very safe hands in, if um if defence does fall apart. Well, from a team that we think is going to be one of the favourites of the competition to one that is, I guess, whipping the rest of the competition in, and it is the Newcastle Jets. They're managed by Ashley Wilson. They finished ninth last year. And I'm, I'm sorry, it has to be said, Zoe, I can't see the Jets finishing anywhere else but bottom again. I think they're going to – I think it's a little bit hard to say. Obviously, they're, they've – haven't um, announced any signings as of yet, so it's hard to hard to say what they're going to be bringing to the club this season that might help get them off that bottom of the table. Um, but if you look at some of the talent that they have lost, some of, some of their younger talent as well, um, it, it's definitely concerning for them. And I think, yeah, they're going to be fighting off... Uh, probably with the likes of Adelaide down down there at the bottom of the, of the table, which is something I hate to say. Um, but, yeah, I'm, it's, it's not looking good for them. The, the only shining light that they've got so far, Georgia, is that they have retained the services of uh, one up-and-comer, which is their goalkeeper, Nicole Simonson, um, and Sophie Nanadovich, who has played at the Matildas level, but... I think for mine, the loss of Nicoletta Flannery is almost the the death knell for them this year. Look, looking at what squad they already have, I mean, if they haven't started re- recruiting, they may have left it a tad late. 
they just have 11 players. And I mean, if anything happens, ooh, that, that is going to be an interesting, um, ring around. But, you know, if, if they haven't started recruiting yet, then they may actually have some big names coming through or they may be working on a plan, uh, to get specific players. So maybe we shouldn't rule them out too quickly, but we'll just have to wait and see as to what they have planned. Well, yeah, I hope they've got something very soon because if, if this if this recruitment is anything to go by at the moment, I think they will be struggling. And I'm I'm going to stick my neck out here and call them favourites to go back to back for the spoon just I, based on what's available. I definitely don't want to call that yet until I see some of their signings. Um, but I think as well, like if if they haven't got any big names lined up, um, yeah, and they're bringing they're having to bring a lot of young talent through this side, it, it could be quite quite a bit of a development phase for the club, unfortunately, this season. Well, let's let's move on because we've already uh, we've already had George give them the, uh, the the proverbial kiss of death at this point is, which probably <laughs> means that um, they, they may pull a few surprises. Let's go to a team. It's going to be one of the more fascinating ones to, to really look at. It is Perth Glory, managed by Alexander Epakis. They finished seventh last year. And people, a lot of people will be going, well, what's so fascinating about Perth Glory? Of course, Zoe, this is the home of one, Samantha Kerr. And when she was there, Perth were dominating the competition. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, she's such a talent. Um, and we have unfortunately seen the impact of her um, heading over um, to to Europe. But they were aside that was such a threat in our W League competition while while she was at the club, um, for obvious reasons. Um, but they have signed quite a few interesting players this year who could who could provide a bit more balance for their squad, I think. Well, Georgia, to start off with, you know, there's another team that's going to be impacted by internationals not being able to return this year. And once again, another ring of... Um, fringe Team USA players, the likes of Crystal Thomas, Morgan Andrews, uh, Ariana Romeo, and the Brazilian superstar in Celia returning to Seattle. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they've lost, again, a lot of power from their squad. Uh, but, of course, I mean, they still have so much much strength in their squad, especially with the goalkeeper, Eliza Campbell, who has come from the Northern Tigers a couple of seasons ago. She's a fantastic goalkeeper, and she runs uh, coaching camps when she's back in Sydney there too. Uh, but, I mean, they they have no shortage of, of players and power to choose from, so I reckon they'll still do very well, even without their, their big names there. Uh, that, and this is another club, Zoe, that has gone after some of the players based in um, New South Wales, WNPL. They picked up Sarah Morgan from that place again in Sydney University. An interesting one here, though, as well. Deborah Ann Delahart from Apia, from that very successful Apia Leichhardt squad from last season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was fortunate, fortunate enough to referee um, Deborah Ann Delahart quite a bit uh, last season um, at our nice five o'clock kickoffs. At Lambert Park, um, and she's not a bad place to referee, by the way. No, def- definitely not. It was a, a great facilities there. It's always a pleasure. Um, but she she was in great form uh, last season, and I'm excited to see what she could bring, what opportunities she might get in this squad. Of course, we also have um, uh, Patricia Shara Lambos uh, come across from Can- Canberra United as well, um, which I think is a pretty good signing. Um, and all of them, they've they've picked up a couple of New Zealand exports as well this season. So I, I'm interested to see what sort of impact they have um, on the squad. I think they're going to be stuck in limbo. I, I get the feeling that they're going to be in with the likes of Brisbane and the and Canberra United in terms of trying to squeeze their way into the top four. I just think at this stage they're probably just lacking that talisman to to get them over the line. Unless you see one. Well, I was actually my my prediction was going to be that they they'd be in a similar spot to Brisbane, kind of fight, fighting off in the middle of the of the table. I think if you know results go their way, yeah, sure they could definitely push for top four. But I think they're more likely to be fighting off for for that fifth sixth position. And Georgia, 
I, I agree with um with what you guys have said. Look, they they will be fighting it off, and they may have a very tough time as well. Uh, but I think those New Zealand uh, players may may help them out a little bit here uh, in their situation. Let's go to the surprise package from last year. It was Sydney FC, uh, managed by a very popular um, personality within the local football scene, Ante Juric. They finished third last year, but then sprung the competition by getting to the grand final. No one expected them to get to even get into the the top four, let alone the grand final. And this year, it's you know they, they've retained some of their talent, and it ha- but it has to be said though, Zoe, it is a very young team still. It is, um, but another season under their belt, um, and you expect them to, you know, continue to improve, um, and continue to gel together, and, uh, they have done a lot of young recruiting, um, so, yeah, it, it'll be, it'll be more of a, more of a development, but they've got some really exciting young players, um, and a few that I, I think will be required to step up a little bit with the likes of, like, Alana Kennedy stepping away um, to back o- overseas. Um, so, and I, they have signed a little bit of of experience as well in um, Alera Toby. So, yeah, I, I think that they'd probably be sitting at a similar spot to where they were last season. In all honesty, one thing they have done. Uh, Georgia is they've really targeted the players that have been part of the young Matildas squad for the last couple of years. They've, they've uh, obviously kept Princess Abini, they've kept Natalie Tobin, they've kept Remy Simpson. This year, though, they have signed Charlize Rule over from the Football New South Wales Institute. The other one, Katie Offer from the Northwest Sydney Koalas, uh, both players that have been part of the young Matildas squad and part of the New South Wales WNPL. They're going very hard at their youth policy, but it's rather exciting to see though as well. Oh, they are. But I mean, they're just making the pathways uh, through already. But I mean, this is going to sound like a very biased um, conversation because I do bleed sky blue. Uh, but I, I think they may be okay for this season, especially as these players do have experience with the competition, especially with the um, young Matildas. But, I mean, anything can happen. We've seen it happen before. You know, we, we say there's going to be a fantastic team, and then, whoop, there they are. They're going down the table. Zoe, the, the big strength that, that Sydney FC's got is their, is their attack. Teresa Polis, their captain, pulling strings in midfield, playing in behind the likes of Ebini and Simpson, the mixture of power and pace. You know, we've seen what both of them can do at, at women's NPL, and we've seen the emergence of both of them in the W League over the last couple of years, causing real headaches for oppositions. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, I think that is one of their strengths um, for sure. And I think the other thing is, even if they've been playing against each other, they've all been playing in this comp- um, that the women's NPL competition for a long time together. Um, so they would have, they would know each other's games very, very well. And I think that that, even though they're a, a bit of a young side, that that's still an advantage that they have coming, coming through with some of, some of their younger, younger players, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think compared to like a, a Newcastle Jets who have a lot of their young players coming through, they're in less of a development phase, um, where, you know, they've got young players coming through that have had exposure to high competitions like we were talking about with the Matildas development squads um, and having played in our women's NPL uh, competitions for, for a long period of time. I've got them battling for the for the top four. I, I think, you know, again, we're talking about the likes of Brisbane, Canberra. You could probably throw Perth Glory in with that as well. So that that mid-table is starting to look very congested and really does become a lottery as to whether they can get up there. However, I would say out of all all those teams in the mid-table, they would probably be the most likely to make the top four. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think that they're they're probably battling for that top four position. Um, But, like, yes, sitting around kind of third, fourth, fifth. Georgia? 
or six. Or well, actually, no, no, I should say George is probably calling them to, to, to win the lot this year. Yeah, I'll, I was going to say going to win everything. I take yeah, maybe maybe don't ask me. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's go to the other side of Sydney, the Red and Black, the Western Sydney Wanderers, managed by a, a legend of Australian football, indeed Heffernan, and a, a team that has you know stayed true to their roots of picking up players from the the local competition. And Zoe, they they done it again this year because they picked up. Um, some of the, I guess, real stars of the women, the New South Wales WNPL, the likes of Georgia Yeoman Dale from MacArthur Rams, Margot Chavall from the Illawarra Stingrays, Emma Stanbury from Canberra United, who was also playing with Bankstown City, and one of the real young guns, Suzanne Fongsongkam, who had been playing for Sydney Olympic. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm excited to see what a, a Georgia Yeomandale does coming back from, from injury and her time away from the game. You know, she she was able to play for, for RPL last season and had another strong season alongside, um, you know, Deborah Ann De, uh, Harp, as we mentioned. Um, so I'll be excited to see what sort of impacts... Um, she has, uh, as well as um, Tegan Costlier uh, coming across from Newcastle Jets, um, I'll, I'm interested to see what sort of opportunity she gets um, in this side, having come across. I, I'm a little bit worried about some of the talent that they have lost, um, some of their in-form attacking players, but uh, still, still a very strong side. Well, let's go to some of those players, Georgia, because the, the, the two players that spring out straight away in terms of players that they have lost are, are Kyra um, Cooney Cross, who has, of course, gone to Melbourne Victory. But the other one is um, Ella Mastrantonio, who has gone to Bristol City. Yeah, I mean, they've also lost Amy Harrison, who is also a very strong player as well. So, I mean... They they do they do uh, look for players locally as we have said so they may they may be okay for this season they are uh, the quiet achievers as we have seen in the past but definitely no shortage of um, power and definitely skill in this team. I don't know how you can say about them being quiet achievers because I still have memories of the first time that the Western Sydney Wanderers had any game involving their club it was a W League game and I think the red and black block sent. Said 5,000 5, of their members over to a W League game, and the chanting was off the scale. Okay, so then, then, then it's, it's not literally, it's figuratively the it's, quiet yeah, Figuratively, very much the quiet, quiet achievers, although Zoe, you know, we, we know the history sometimes with the, with the red and black block and how rowdy they can get sometimes. Oh, I'm sure that they wouldn't think of themselves as quiet achievers. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I think I understand um, where George is coming from on, this, on on in terms of that label. I think that they've kind of ticked away in the past few seasons and just gone about their work um, and haven't been necessarily spoken about um, as much as, you know, your Melbourne City or your Sky Blues. Um, but they were an exciting team in attack last season um, and uh, I'm interested to see um, where they end up in terms of attack this year. Well, the, uh, you, you talk about attack and obviously losing um, Kyra and Ella, they have brought in, you mentioned Tegan Collister, the other one, Lena Karmas, who has come across from Canberra United, Emma Stanbury as well, who's got the ability to play up front. Are they are they going to be able to cover for the likes of Kyra and Ella? Um, I think it's it's hard to say until until we've seen it a couple of games. Um, but they certainly have the talent too. Um, I think it just changes. You know, obviously it changes the dynamic. They can't play exactly the role that those two players had played in this squad, but they'll bring their own their own talents to this team and, and ha- make their own impact on this squad. Uh, and I'm very excited to see how they go. Another team battling for, battling for the top four. Um, your thoughts, Zoe? Yeah, I tend to agree. I think that they'll be fighting off with um, with Sydney um, for that for that kind of top three, top four um, sort of position. And Georgia? 
I, I completely agree as well, but this time they're going to be loud and proud and they're going to make it heard. Yeah, well, that's all we'd ever expect from Western Sydney Wanderers. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, we have, so far, we, we, we've only got a couple of certainties really at this stage that we think the Melbourne victory go in almost as very heavy favourites for the competition this year. There is going to be an almighty scrap for the uh, the best of the rest uh, with I think all but two other teams battling out for those those last the, the other three position for the finals, and really it looks like Adelaide United and Newcastle Jets probably battling out to see who does avoid the wooden spoon. But it is shaping up to very being an intriguing season this year, especially with a lot of the imports not being available for them. They have been forced to go back to the uh, the NPL competitions. And that can only mean good things for Australian women's football going forward, giving players the opportunity to show where they can where they can go. Well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, it is full time here on Splinters. I do want to thank my co-panelists here. First off, Zoe Benjamin, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, it's not long now until the Christmas break, but then you'll be gearing up and ready to go for the NPL season next year. Yeah, no, no break for me. Pre-season all the way, all the way through. But um, no, I'm very excited for it. Um, keen to keen to get into it, and I, I'm, I'm sure all the the girls are too. And um, I imagine you're still getting the on session with um, with a certain Chris Griffith Jones as well. <laughs> yeah, I still see him around the park. Um, always, always blessed when I when I get a get a session with Chris. Yeah. Georgia, many thanks for for joining us here tonight. And the kissing points are going to be gearing up, I imagine, very soon once again. Oh, we certainly are, and I mean, we're, we are the premiers to this season as well, with my impeccable record of one goal let in, uh, but no, we, we have a very big competition ahead of us in this upcoming season, but now, thank you for having me tonight. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but that goal was a PK as well, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. It wasn't a PK? It wasn't. It slipped under under my gloves, and a mate of mine was unfortunately concussed, so I was a little bit preoccupied with that. Uh, but yeah, look, hey, it happened to a team who was actually really nice and really competitive other than one that was a little outspoken and um, thought they had more skill. But, you know, they played well and she deserves the goal. James, you're being very charitable for this for this team. You know, if anyone scores against me, I'd consider them the worst person in the world. But you know, that's a story for another day. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there it is. This is Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, tune in, tune in Spotify and all good podcast sites. On behalf of Zoe Benjamin and Georgia Lomas Footerin, I'm Anthony Caruso. As always, run hard or run home. Good night.